0: The title of the message, I guess if there's a title to it, it, would be Seek and You Shall Find. Amen? Seek and You Shall Find. But I want to start with Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6 because this is a powerful passage of Scripture. And I think if we could all lock hold and lay hold of this Scripture, I think it would really help us a lot. I think the things that we desire, and the things that we, the things that we really are hungry for, we would see those things come to pass. Amen? If we truly understood what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6. We experienced a little of this Sunday, amen? Amen. Just a glimpse, as we sung that song, just a glimpse of how awesome God can be and how awesome He is if we just seek Him and if we're just hungry for Him and if we just love Him and desire Him. Jesus said here in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6, Blessed are those, He said. Blessed. He started it out with blessed. You are blessed. I am blessed. Those Those who do what He's about to say next, He said, are blessed. These who hunger and thirst for righteousness, he said, because those are the ones that are going to be filled. People that are hungering and thirsting for righteousness, they're the ones going to be filled. What is righteousness? Jesus, amen, God Himself. If you and I hunger and thirst for Him, we shall be filled, amen. That's what he said. That's what he said. And he was telling this to his apostles, these disciples, these men that he was beginning this this church age that you and I know today, he was telling them, "Remember this, if you are blessed, you are blessed if you hunger and thirst for righteousness," He said, "Because I'm going to fill you." And so I thought about Matthew chapter seven and verse seven to the title of the message, "If we ask we shall, we shall be, it shall be given to us, if we seek, He said that we would find it. If we knock it shall be opened unto us. So if we'll seek after this righteousness, if we'll seek after this, if we'll just hunger and thirst for that righteousness, he said that we would be filled. Amen? That's what he said. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, God, once again, just for the opportunity to be in your house tonight. What an awesome privilege it is to be here tonight, God, first of all, with you and in your great presence, Lord. We thank you for that. It's also an honor and a privilege to be with our brothers and sisters in Christ any time this side of eternity that we can get together, Lord, and just sharpen each other, Lord, as your word teaches us, And, and to get together, Lord, and just love on you collectively as a body of believers. It is a privilege and it is an honor. And I thank you for that tonight, God. Uh, Father, I pray that you would just open our hearts tonight to receive this message that you have for us. I pray, God, that you would just grace us and bless us as always with your presence. And God, if we can ask, we need more of your presence, Father. More of your presence each and every time. Lord, we need more of you every single day. Every single day. So, God, we ask that you would just gracious us with your presence, more of your presence. And, Father, that your will be done. And we'll honor you and praise you for all things in the precious name of Jesus. And all God's children said, Amen. "Amen, Amen." I think we're dismissing our kids now, but or they may have already went. Our children. So, those who hunger and thirst, when He said here that they are blessed, they are blessed because they are filled, and they are filled because they sought. Right? He said, "Blessed are they because they've been filled, and they're filled because they're, they sought. They had a hunger." Pastor, they had a desire for more of God, right? They had a desire for more of Him. They had thirst. Their thirst, as you've heard me say before, for the things of God were greater than the things of this world. Amen? That's where their desire was. That's where their hunger was. That's where their thirst was. You want to check your thirst level? Start looking at your calendar. Amen? That's a good place to start. Where your thirst level is with God, check your calendar. Right? If you got all these other things going on and you say, well, gosh, i got to work God in there, we're not real thirsty. Amen? We're not. But if you've got a lot of God in there and you've got to work other things in, I'd say you're thirsty, you're doing pretty good as far as quenching your, spirit, your, your thirst rather, and your spirit being satisfied. You can start by looking at your calendar. But these folks, when he said they're blessed, that's why they were blessed. Because they did have a hunger and they didn't just have hunger, they sought. That's important. Amen. We're going to read this in a story here in just a minute. If you want to go with me over to John's Gospel chapter 4. Okay. But that's important for us to understand that if you're going to, it's one thing to be hungry. It's another thing to be thirsty, but if you don't ever do anything about it, you're going to starve to death. Amen? Or you're going to thirst to death. Is that right? Your body tells you, right? My body tells me, mine tells me more often than some of y'all, amen, right? If you look at me. But our bodies, there's a natural alarm that goes off and it tells us that we need to go get something to eat or we need to go get something to drink because we need that energy to continue on every day, right? Our bodies need the energy in order to function, if you don't eat and if you don't drink, you're not going to be able to function long. I told you a story one time several, several months ago, I guess it was sometime mid-last year, of a world-class athlete, a world-class runner. She was, she was, um, she was the, the favorite to win this particular uh, running event in Hawaii. You can see this. It was in 1980, I believe. But she was scheduled to be in that race. She was also the Olympic gold medalist favorite for this particular thing, that this distance she was running. And so she was there in this thing, and she didn't prepare properly because she had an awful lot of interviews going on. It was kind of a smaller race. There wasn't a whole lot of real big names in the race. So she figured that she prepared, but she didn't need to prepare as much as she normally would. So she prepared, but again, she failed to prepare like she should have. She gets in the race, just cutting it real short. She begins to run the race, and she is, I mean, miles ahead of people, it appears. I don't know how the, what the distance was, but it was a great, great distance, and, and everybody was talking about the fact that there was no way anybody could catch her, right? Even if she slowed down, they couldn't catch her. She, she had appeared she had won this race and just blew the field away like everybody expected. But as she got probably, I would say it was less than a half a mile from the finish line, her body began to shut down. And I can't remember her name, but I'll get your name so you can go back and look this up. It was actually it was on ABC's Wide World of Sports for the whole world to see it. She turned the corner and she was running toward the finish line, and she looked like she was having an epileptic seizure. I don't know if you've ever seen anybody having that type of a a, a thing happening, but she could not control her body. She was running, and her legs, her feet were dragging the ground. Her arms were out of control. She was obviously in trouble. Her knees looked like they were rubber, and she finally collapsed to the ground and she could not get back up, and they couldn't help her up. They could go over where she was. They could talk to her, but they could not help her get up and finish the race. They could help her if she was going to get out of the race, and she needed medical attention. She needed medical attention. She was severely dehydrated. Her body, again, was telling her to go, but her body could not go. She was pushing. She finally got back to her feet, and she tried again, and, Mike, it was the awfulest thing I've ever seen in my life. I felt so sorry for this lady. I wanted to get in there and help her and she couldn't she just couldn't make it she just continued and she fell again and finally she laid there and she started crawling toward the finish line her body was absolutely dead it was shutting down and so you see these people finally that you see somebody turn the corner and they're catching her and this lady passes her and she wins this particular event and then she turns around and comes back and helps the lady and, and helps her across. I forget what, where she finished, how many people passed in front of her. The point of the story is, if you and I don't prepare properly, if we don't go seek that which our body tells us we need, then we're going to be in trouble, right? Our bodies are going to shut down. It's no different spiritually, amen? So your spiritual body is telling you, our spiritual bodies are telling us, we need more of God, Amen. You need, you need to get closer, right? You need to be fed. You need to go and you're thirsty, right? You're dry. You're, you're starving to death. You need to get around and be fed by God's Word. You need to get closer to Him that you feel His presence, right? You need to be baptized in His presence. Amen? And that's what we have to get to. I hear people, and I've asked the question many times, and many people have said it, and maybe it's been more of a statement than a question. You know, what's going on in the church, right? The, the church seems to be not the church it used to be, right? We're not seeing things we used to see. The difference is, is we've, gotten, we've gotten satisfied, amen? We're filling ourselves with the things of the world, and so we're, we have a false, sense of, a false sense of I'm full and I'm no longer thirsty, right? Because our, we, our physical bodies are full, our physical bodies are, are, are no longer thirsty, but our spiritual man is dying, amen? And that's what we're seeing. So we've we got to have a greater hunger for God than we do the things of this world, and we've got to make sure that we're satisfying the spiritual man for here's the thing. Whichever one of them you feed, that's the one that's going to be in control. Amen. If you're feeding the physical man, the physical man is going to be in control. If you're feeding the spiritual man, the spiritual man is going to be in control. Amen. Whichever one you feed is the one that's going to be in control. More of God, less of us. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, more of God, less of us. Hungering and thirsting for righteousness, he said, you are blessed. If you hunger and thirst for righteousness, because you're going to be filled. And if we're, as I said, if we're filled with God's presence, what else do we need? Right? Because he said that if we got him, if we seek him in his righteousness, he said all the things will be added unto us. Is that right? So if we have him and we're filled in him, then we ain't gonna have to worry about anything else. Is that right? And his presence is so awesome. In God's presence, things change. Is that right? In God's presence, things change. Go with me to John's Gospel, chapter. Uh, Chapter 4, as I was saying to you, we'll start at verse 5. I believe this will be on the board for you. Very familiar passage of Scripture, but there's some powerful things in this if you've never slowed down to take a look at it, and I think it's really, really super. Let's read the story, and we'll back back up and take a look at it. So Jesus here is with his apostles here, some of his disciples, and and he had done some things, you know, and we all know that it was being noised abroad, all the things that God was doing, and, and through Christ and in Christ as he was here on this earth. And, and there was a, a particular situation here where Jesus says in verse 4 of chapter 4, He said, He must needs go through Samaria. I have got to go through Samaria. And if you remember correctly, the Pharisees had sought out to try to do away with Jesus, right? Because it was being noised abroad that He, he had baptized more, right? More, more than John did, right? It he, he was getting, although Jesus never baptized, right? His apostles baptized or disciples did. But the point was as it was getting noise abroad about Jesus and he was growing in stature, right, in spiritual stature as it it pertains to getting around and people talking about what was happening, all the miracles that was taking place. So they were seeking after him, right? He was stealing their thunder. And so he was being warned here not to go through Samaria, but Jesus said, i got to go to Samaria. So you pick it up in verse 5. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sikar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there in verse 6. Jesus, therefore, being, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria, uh, of Samaria to draw water, and Jesus said unto her, underline this. Amen. He didn't say underline this, but you underline it. <laughs> Jesus said unto her, give me to drink. I'm thirsty. Amen. I need something to drink. Jesus looked at her and made that statement. Very powerful. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman, the Samaritan, unto him, in verse 9, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. If you remember correctly, Samaritans were partial Jew, partial Gentile. They were dogs in the eyes of of the Jewish nation because they had been defiled. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, underline this, (laughs) thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep, from whence then hast thou this living water? In verse 12, Art thou greater than our father Jacob? she asked which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this well shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And of course the woman said, Give me this water that I thirst not. Neither come hither to draw, right? She didn't want to come back there again. Setting the story, this lady was not just uh, your typical lady. If you read on a little bit further, uh, this lady here had a, a very pr- a promiscuous life. Uh, she had been married five different times. If you read the story on down further, uh, her being a, a Samaritan her coming to this well, number one, she was a Samaritan and she was going to this well, and there were Jewish ladies going there which is why you've seen this lady going at the time of the day that she went, because she didn't want to be around all the other ladies and making fun of her and all that, right? Because of who she was and because of her past. So she had, she had some things, right? Some, some luggage that she was carrying. She comes to this well late, late in the afternoon, and Jesus is sitting there waiting on her to get there, just waiting. I want to take back, I want to go back to verse 5 here and pick this up, verse 5 and 6 and and 7, as I said to you to underline in verse 7. This woman here was thirsty. She had she had a lot of things in her life, a lot of things that happened in her life. She sought for, she sought to quench the thirst that was in her life by a lot of other things. She sought, sought to have that thirst quenched by inclusion. As I said to you, right? She just wanted to be accepted for who she was. She didn't want anybody to make fun of her because of her past lifestyle. Everybody has a past, amen? But she wanted to be included. She sought it through inclusion. That didn't happen. She sought it through relationships. As I said, she was married five times. She clearly had a thirst in her life, right, for something. She knew there was a void in her life. There was something telling her she needed something. She needed something more. There was something more to life than what she was experiencing, She was in that situation where she was literally thirsting to death spiritually, but she tried to do it through earthly things. Amen? Earthly things. And again, we've tried, all of us have probably done some of the same things, but this this hunger and this thirst that she was experiencing could only be be filled one way. And of course, this is why Jesus, we all know why, this is why Jesus said, i got to go through Samaria. You've heard me say this many, many times. Jesus will always stop for that which is thirsty. Amen. If you get thirsty enough for Jesus, he's going to show up. Amen? He's going to stop. If you get thirsty for him, he will always be there because that's what he's after. Amen? He's after that. He's seen that this lady had done everything. She continues to go to this well. She's, she's needing something. And Jesus refuses to pass by Samaria without making himself known to her. Amen? I think about Sunday and how awesome that was. God just reminds all of us, right, that we need that. Amen? That we need that spiritual outpouring on our lives in order for us to be able to survive. Amen. You can't get just, you can get parched and you can get dry, right? And you don't want, nobody wants to be an old dry, parched Christian, amen? That ain't what people are after, right? They want, they, this, this Jesus promised that out of our bellies would flow rivers of living water. That's what he just said to this lady, right? If you just knew who it was sitting in front of you, amen? Jesus risked his life to go to Samaria just so she could be, her thirst could be quenched. Amen. He risked his life, right, for every single one of us that our our thirst could be quenched. I think about Sunday. He came here. His life was not in jeopardy then. He's Jesus, right? He's he's already ascended to the Father. But he came by here because there were people that were thirsty. Amen. People that needed something from God. And he's always going to stop by. This is what we need to be doing in our churches, right? Hungering and thirsting for Jesus, amen? Seeking more of Him and because He's going to stop by. He's going to come by. He's going to be there, right? Because somebody needs something. Is that right? Somebody's hungry. Somebody's thirsting. There are people that are sitting there that say, I've got everything I need. Well, that's just great. But we need to be hungry and thirsting for Jesus, amen? She was thirsty. She tried a lot of different avenues and nothing worked. And she was just sitting there drying parts as she walked up to that thing that day carrying her water pots. Amen? She was carrying her burdens with her. She needed that water in order to, to continue on in her life that she was living. I think about that too, and I also think this here. She was wearied, right, from going to the same old well over and over and over and over, right? She goes to the same well. I think we all go back to the same well over and over and over. Isn't that Right? Keep going back to the same old well. Right? We we get out here and we try to do something for the Lord and things don't go quite right. And so what do we do? We just turn and go right back to the same well. Amen? Same old well. Could you imagine her life getting up every day, doing whatever she had to do, then getting her water pots and going back to the same well, knowing that she's going to return the same way that she came? How many people on a Sunday morning or on a Wednesday come to church, and their thought process is never on, I'm going to come out of that church different than the way I went in it. Is that right? We ought to come expecting, amen? Man, we ought to come expecting. You're coming to the well, amen? This lady was coming to this well that God had placed there through Jacob, and it was there for her to get her thirst quenched, amen? Thirst quenched. And all of us, when we come to church on Wednesday and Sunday, we ought to come the same way, expecting something different, amen? Not just going to the same old well. Pastor Keith and I talk about it all the time. We worry about it. You know, well, goodness, we're going to come in, we're going to sing two songs, three songs, we're going to take up an offering, somebody's going to say something, we're going to do announcements, we're going to preach, and it becomes the same old thing. We don't need the same old thing. Amen? We need Jesus to come in and do what Jesus is going to do in situations like sunday look you don't need a preacher when the holy ghost shows up he is the preacher amen he's the preacher and that's what we need we need more of jesus we need more of him not that we don't need the word we need the word there's a time and a place god will give us what we need but right you see what i'm saying come in preparing ready for what god's going to do looking for something different is that right that's what it's all about man when you come in those doors when's the last time you came in the house of God or went somewhere and you were so excited about what was going to happen, right? You had no idea what was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, you got an idea, like I said, well, just, well, like I told you, you got to prepare, right? So we got, we got things laid out, but we're not, just, we're not locked in on just following the program, right? We're going to follow the program until the Holy Ghost shows up, right? And then we're going to let him take care of the program, is that right? But you got to be ready. But when's the last time you came in and, man, you were just so excited and so giddy, as Keith used Right? That you couldn't help yourself. Right? You went in thinking, man, is it going to happen in Brother Ron's class? Is something going to, what's going to take place? I, lo- I love what, 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 what my sister said here when she came in. Sister Leah, she was coming in. I said, how was your day? She said, well, it was, it was good. She said, expect- what you say? I'm expecting to get, I'm sure it's going to get better. She said, that's expecting. Amen? I'm sure it's going to get better. When you come in knowing, man, that something better is about to happen. Right, And you're just looking for God to do something that's never, never been done before. I've talked about it many times. Wouldn't it be awesome if you came in here and God did something and none of us knew what that was, but we knew it was God and we left here saying, man, I don't even have how to explain that to anybody. Right? I mean, we've all seen somebody run the pews. Amen. I have. You have? I don't know. You know, we've all been around that, right? I've seen God do some amazing things. I really have. But there's some things, he said, greater things we're going to see but we got to have a greater hunger in order to see greater things. Oh, right. Amen? Right. If we, right. we can't sit back and be satisfied and expect God to do greater, yeah. amen, and only to get gra- you only get greater when you get, get greater. Amen? You get a greater hunger and God's going to do great things. Right? What is that thing? I don't know. But wouldn't it be awesome? Everybody went out of here and you was trying to tell somebody at work the next day, let me just tell you what happened. And then you said it and they're like, I don't even know what that was. <laughs> You're not. Are you? Are you okay? Why are you? You're not making sense. And you know what you're going to tell them? It's better felt than told. Amen. Won't you just come on with me Sunday? Won't you just come with me Wednesday? Man, I don't know what happened, but I want some more of it. Amen. That's what it's all about, right? When you get around God, he, he said His thoughts are higher than our thoughts, right? He said My ways are they're, they're far beyond our ways. Right? And, we, and we, 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 we fantasize on seeing things that we used to see. And I've talked about that many times. But this lady here, it wasn't about what she's used to seeing. She was seeing something she'd never seen before. This man was sitting there waiting on her to get there. And he began to talk to her. And he was a Jew. Amen? And he wasn't even supposed to be talking to her. It blew her mind from start. She walks up sees this guy sitting there. She ain't used to seeing some dude sitting there on the well when she gets there, especially this time of the day. So number one, that's strange. Number two, she gets there and he starts talking to her. And then number three, he says, I need something to drink. Give me something to drink. I mean, her mind's like, "Whoo!" Is that right? She did not anticipate that before she got there. Amen? We don't know what God's going to do, but we know God. Amen? And we know he said all things are possible through him amen is that right so we don't know but we come and anticipating because he said all things are possible is that right all things are possible so it's about the anticipation right and making sure we're coming prepared and 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 not going back to the same old well right i see sometimes people and i love everybody y'all but i've been around some church a long time okay and some of y'all have too and here's what it looks like sometimes Imagine this lady coming to the well at this time of the day. It's hot. Okay, it's later in the day. She's probably already worked whatever she's done, so she's already tired, and in her mind she's going, I got to go to the well. <laughs> How many of you all got up on Sunday morning and said, it's time to go to the well? Right? It's time to go to church. Right? And I've seen some folks come into church, and it's like, will not you all just go home? I mean, seriously. You'll see some folks coming in, and this is like, and they got the kids, right? And they're just dragging them. And they're like, get up here! You know, and they're hollering. You know, and they're just... I mean, y'all seen some of that too, ain't you? Huh? I ain't the only one. And it's, and it's like, good night, y'all. And, and you get in church, how you doing? I'm all right. And, and they'll say it this way to make themselves feel better. I'm doing better now. I'm at church. <laughs> Goodness gracious. You know, going to the well, right? I just got to go to the well. You know, not anticipating anything, right? Just anticipating the same old thing. I can say I've been here, done that. I'm still going to carry my burdens back with me when I leave. You know, I got all this stuff, you know, and, and it just never. But there's no, there's no thirsting there for better things, right? It's like I tell people sometimes, you're never going to get better until you want to get better. Amen? Amen. That's, right. That's a fact, right? You Amen. quote that and write that down. That's the truth if there ever been the truth. Amen. Nobody's ever going to get better until you want to get better. Amen. Is that right? If you want better health, until you want it, nobody can force you to do it. Is that right? Until you want your finances fixed, ain't nobody going to help you until you decide to do it yourself. You want your marriage fixed, your relationships, whatever it may be, you got to want it more than anybody else. There's got to be a desire and a hunger to do so. So if you're going to go to the well and all you're going to expect is the same old thing, you're going to always get the same old thing. But if you go to the well expecting to see something different, God, God'll, I promise you God will do some different things. Right? He'll show you things and he'll do things in your life that you've never seen. And he'll bless your life tremendously. Amen. This lady, as I said, it had to blow her mind as she walked up there that day expecting to see the same old thing and now she sees something different. What I love about this story is when she left there, right, she left her water pots, she left her burdens, she came with them, she left different than the way she came. But she walked out of there, ran out of there excited, amen. She went back telling people, man, y'all got to come to the well, Y'all got to come to the well with me and see this man that changed my life. Amen. When's the last time you left church and had to go tell somebody, right, you got to go with me to church and let me introduce you to this Jesus. Amen. That changed my life. I think about little Cash, 10 years old, came up here and gave his heart to the Lord Sunday. How awesome was that? Right. Man, God changed his life right there. You can see it in his eyes. There was a change, right? And, and the excitement level in his eyes and excitement level in Steph's eyes. And man, that's what it's all about. Man, being able to leave and say, you have got to come see this. Right? That's what it's all about. Being excited about, about, about coming to the house of God and worshiping the Lord and just praising Him and honoring Him, right? And seeing what the Lord's going to do next. Right? Just watch Him show up and show out. Amen. Amen. That's the God that we serve. So she was here. This woman was there. She was extremely thirsty, had done everything. She tried everything to satisfy that thirst. Nothing can do it. She keeps going to this same old well over and over and over trying to satisfy this thirst. And her life just seems to be just a Ferris wheel going around and around and around. She was thirsty, but she was thirsty for something greater than what she thought she was going for. The key thing I want you to see in this story, though, happens next. This is the thing that really, really, really got my attention, and I want you to really pay attention to today. As long as I've been in, in serving the Lord and been around church, I've never heard anybody talk about it. Never. I'm sure it's been, but this, this old fat preacher never been around anybody that talked about it. And God showed me this today. We always focus on this lady, right? and rightfully so. She was thirsty. Jesus was showing us that if we hunger and thirst for righteousness, that we shall be filled. But what I want you to see here is Jesus was just as thirsty. Amen. He was thirsty. Okay. When you see the story open, it starts with him first. He's sitting on the well. She comes up and he says, give me something to drink. Right. The Bible says he was weary, right? The physical side. But in the spiritual sense, he said, I want you to give me something to drink. Now, imagine Jesus looking at you and I saying, what you got for me? Amen. Amen. What you going to do for me? But he was thirsty jesus was thirsty i would dare say he was more thirsty than she was let me explain it jesus was thirsty for somebody to worship him he had a desire and a hunger right he was the messiah he's the bible says that he that he desires our 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 praise right he desires our worship right he wants our worship jesus was thirsty That that this woman would want him, that this lady would desire to be in his presence. All Jesus has ever wanted to do was be in my presence and in your presence. He's always wanted to be in the presence of his church, he's always wanted to be around you and I. He has a hunger and a thirst to be there. He said, I got to go through Samaria. It shows us Jesus' comfort or his thirst level, rather, for this lady. He was not going to pass by Samaria, although there was a better route. There was a safer route. It was a longer route if he'd have went around Samaria. The shortest route was right through Samaria. Is that right? When you go back and study it. But he wasn't about to go around it when this lady desired him. Right. She desired his presence even though she didn't even know what she was looking for. I've seen Sunday some people up here desiring the presence of God, and I don't know if they really all knew what they were looking for. Amen? Amen but they knew they had to have something. But he was thirsty. He wanted to be in her presence because she desired him. And he'll always be there when that happens. Amen? You get hungry for Jesus and you get thirsty for Jesus, he's going to show up. He will make a way. Amen? He'll make a way. This story is so great because it just shows you and I what we got to do. Amen? To have the King of Kings in your presence. Just want him there. Right? Give him an invitation invite him there say lord i don't really know what it is i need i just know i need something and you're the only one that can do it amen you ain't always got to know what you need just understand that he knows god knows look at your neighbor say he knows he knows knows. knows. god knows what you need we just got to go let him do it amen just come in and just give yourself to him Again, I'm going to ask you, when's the last time you came into church with no preconceived thoughts or ideas and you just said, I'm going to let go and let God. Amen. I am just going to worship in spite of what anybody thinks. If I clap too loud, well, bless your heart. I'm going to clap anyway. Amen. You just got to move seats. Right. If I'm going to sing and I can't sing and it might hurt your ears, I'm going to sing anyway. Amen. If I feel like dancing, I'm just going to get out there and we're going to do the the toot. We're going to cut a rug, as they used to say. And if it embarrasses you, I apologize. Amen. Is that right? When's the last time we just said, Lord, I'm coming in, use me. Amen. I'm coming in, do whatever you want to do. But I'm here to worship you. Did you know that's why we come to the house of God? We don't come to the house of God. Now, I'm going to say this. Now, y'all don't get me. It is a hospital, but it's a hospital way on down the line. Amen. I know what we mean by saying that the church is a spiritual hospital. I get it. We come here because we, we have spiritual hurts and, and problems and hang-ups and whatever it may be like CR says. I understand that. But this first is a house of prayer and a house of praise. Amen. Amen. That's what this is. We, we come in to praise and we go out to proclaim. Amen. You come in to praise and you go out to proclaim. Right? That's what it's all about. We come to learn, right? We come to do all that. That's all a part of it. But it is first a house of prayer and a house of praise. Amen. Amen? That's what we're here for. So when you come into this house, what does he tell us? When we come into his house, what are we supposed to do? Praise. Isn't that right? Right? We're going to come in or enter into his courts with praise. Is that right? That's what we're supposed to do. Come in praising. Y'all, I remember some church services. I've told y'all, I've heard, I've been to some church services. When you pull up in the parking lot, you can hear the praise happening before you ever went into church. And you look at your watch and you say, I must be late. And you realize, no, I'm 15 minutes early, which is a shock for me before I pastored. Right? I'm early, but they haven't church without me. Amen? And you want to get in there because you want to see what's what? Happening. Is that right? And man, when I opened the doors, you could feel the Holy Ghost hit you and about knock you down. And you couldn't wait to get in there with them. And look, you didn't have to prepare. As soon as you hit the aisle, you was going with them, right? I mean, if they was marching, you just got in line, amen? It was just, right? Praise brings down the blessings of God, amen? That's what he desires, you want to know how to get the windows of heaven open? That's how you do it. Amen? In the Word, He tells us that He would open the windows of heaven and He said, I'll pour out blessings on you that you cannot contain. And if you like me, I'm thinking, how do I get that window open? Is that right? All of us got that old crowbar, right? We're trying to get them windows open, right? Doing it physically, it within our own minds, right? Come on, somebody right? I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to church and, and I, I'm going to get up and take up the offering. I'm going to get up and sing a few songs, right? I'm, we're praying, and right, We're trying to get the thing open. We're doing what we think we should do. Amen? But if we just do what he says we should do, you ain't got to force the window open. It will just come open. Amen? You with me? If we just praise him, praise is what moves the window. And the more you praise, the greater the window opens. Amen? You see what I'm saying? If you praise him a little, a little blessing comes out. If you praise him a little bit more, a little bit more of a blessing comes out. But he said, if you'll praise him the way he desires to be praised, like somebody that's thirsty and hungry will praise him, he said, I'll open the windows, not a window, and I'll pour out blessings you cannot contain. Amen. Amen. That's what he said. Right? That's how you do it. It starts with just praise. Coming in and having your heart right. I used to have coaches at football tell me, "Say you gotta get your heart right, son. Get your heart right." I didn't know what they were talking about until I got older, right? You gotta get your heart. Meaning, you gotta get your head around it, and you gotta go do it, right? Just you gotta get your heart made up. And so, when you come in the house of God, rather than wanting to come in, right, and spread gossip, or if you'd rather just come in and and just be seen, or rather just to be come in and just so you can say you've been there, or rather than just come in and pay tithes. I know we got to pay tithes and offerings, but look, that's not why we're here. Although we got to do that, right? But you can do that when you ain't here. Venmo. Amen. It's a great tool. Amen. You can do wherever you want to do it. But when you come in the house of God, for goodness sakes, so let's just praise. Right? If we come in here Sunday with a heart of praise, man. You talk about changing lives. That person we've been praying to get saved will get saved. Amen. That person you need to be healed or get healed. Right. Whatever you need in your house, it's going to happen. Your relationship falling apart. Praise God and let him take care of it. Amen. This is why it talks about when you praise him in the storm. Right. When you praise him, God does things that you can't explain. Amen. It's beyond, it's beyond human comprehension. It's like when somebody asks you, well, what did you do to get that? I don't know what I did. All I did was praise God. Is that right? You ever had God heal you? You ever had God do anything miraculous in your life? And somebody said, well, how'd you get that done? God, <laughs> I can't explain it. It's beyond understanding. Is that right? But when we praise, that's when God moves. Amen? And in His presence, there's healing. In His presence, there's, 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 there, 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 is, there, there are families that are restored. Restoration happens. Right? In God's presence, people are, all the things that you and I think of, in His presence, it's all taken care of. Because it pales in comparison to His Majesty the King. Amen? So, our thirst and our hunger has to be there. we got to have a great anticipation, man, that you're going to walk in and you're going to experience this God. I love the book, God Chasers. Anybody ever read it? That book changed my life. It really did. In, In fact, it ruined my life. Let me explain that. Well, it didn't ruin my life. It ruined other authors' lives. I, at, ever since I've read that book, when I pick another book up to read it, it better get my attention through the first half of the first chapter. If it don't get my attention through that first half of that first chapter, it's on the shelf. I probably have 200 books in my house, and probably 150 of them have never been read all the way through for that reason. Right? I didn't feel the anointing in some of them. Right? And I didn't see God's, I didn't see what, you know, it just didn't get me. But that book, God Chasers, grabbed my attention, Mike. If you ain't ever read it, I'll give it to you. I got a copy at the house. Amen. More to change your life. But man, they were talking about when he's there was one particular time there where he said he just he walked in the church, right, and and man's stuff just man, they were people just I mean, they were being slain in the spirit everywhere, right? And man, they were sending deacons back. If you remember the story, right? They go check on somebody, and they didn't come back. And then, so they sent another deacon to check on him. He didn't come back, and they sent somebody else. And finally, somebody else went back and looked, and every one of them deacons unstretched out after God had every one of them back there, right? Everybody, every time somebody went in the room, the presence of God was so great, boom, boy, they just fell. This man, I'm you, that is, I'm telling you, the presence of God changes things. And that church was in a revival for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks after that, if you read that story. And God was doing amazing things in that church service. Now, I'm not telling you here that we should be just chasing after God's miracles and chasing after the supernatural. The Bible tells us that we should desire to see those things, but what we should be chasing after is Jesus, chasing after the heart of God. If you want to chase after something, chase Jesus. And if you'll chase Jesus, them things are just going to happen. And you don't have to try to manufacture them. You ever been around churches that try to manufacture the presence of God? It's awful. It's awful. You know it ain't God. Amen. But when you're around it and it's Jesus, it is sweet. And it's so powerful. And man, lives get changed, as I said. Right? Our desire should be more of him, less of us. Amen. And say, Lord, it's all you. Whatever you want to do, it's all yours. Right? Right? Man, wouldn't it be awesome if we all come in here, like I said, Sunday and just get lost in the worship. You don't even know what you're singing, right? It's just, I think about Granny Hall. Bless her heart. Yes. Granny was 92 when she passed away. And I remember when we, when we first started uh, Gethsemane and, and uh, it was very clear. God said, you know, this is what, the, uh, down to the music we needed to play, right? I was trying to follow God's plan for this church that he laid on my heart. And I remember Granny came with us and, and we were playing you know, the music we play today. And somebody said something to her about it one time and they said, I don't, I don't like that music. And Granny Hall said, well, well I, don't, I don't understand what they're saying when they're singing the music, but I know it's about Jesus and if it's about Jesus, I'm going to praise God anyway. And she did. Amen. And Granny sat right there, didn't have a clue what we were singing, but her lips were moving. Amen. And her hands were up and she was praising God. Amen. And she said that many times. I don't know if she ever really understood anything we ever sung. Right. Because back in that day, it was just, you know, yeah, Nate, Nate was young, and we didn't have a real good sound system. Everything was plugged into amplifiers, and Nate liked everything loud, right? And, I, and it was just, if you didn't have hair, hairspray on, your hair was just whoop, right? So it was more noise than it was anything else, but it was praise unto God, amen? And Granny was loving it. She just loved it. It's about praising, right? And I remember, you know what I'm about to say? Somebody tell me what I'm about to say. I remember Sister Helen Bratcher. Yep. She'd stand up in the middle of that little small church. Y'all remember when we first got started, we might have had 30 people. She stood up, poor Ed, Brother Ed was sitting right beside her. And she'd stand up, she did, right when you preach. it didn't matter. She didn't care, right, if the Holy Ghost hit her. She stood up, she said, I'm telling you the truth. Y'all remember? And she'd go in a complete circle. She said, and Ed had to duck because she wasn't going to move ahead. She said, I'm telling you the truth. When the praises go up, the blessings come down. Amen. And she was right. She understood that. Amen. Amen. And it was usually when we're at our deadest point in time of the service, right? Everybody just dead. And she recognized it. She'd stand up and say, what she was really saying, if y'all want to see God move, you better start praising him. I miss old sister Helen. She was right. She was right. So when I think about this story, you think about, again, where it says in here, seek and you shall find, right? If we seek him, we're going to find him. Right? And if we if we if we knock, it shall be opened unto us. Listen to what Luke's gospel, chapter 6, verse 38 says. I touched on this just a little bit. He said, Give, and it will be given you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be put into your bosom, he said. And he went on to say, For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Right? What's your praise? I mean, what's your blessing level gonna be? Where's your praise level? Amen. Where's it at? That's what he said. Right. That's what he said. That's just what Jesus said in His word, right here. Give, and it will come back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. As you give it, it's going to come back to you. Amen. Yep. So I'm going to leave you with this in Exodus chapter 33 and verse 18. This is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. One of my favorites. One of the shortest. One of my favorites. I know Sister Veronica likes this passage as well Because we've we we've, we've, we've spoke this many times in different 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 things that we've talked about. But I love this what Moses says right here when he's talking to God. This right here, I think we could all really, if we could grasp hold of this passage right here and this sentence that he's about to show you here in just a second. Exodus 33 and 18. Moses is standing before God and Moses has seen some pretty powerful things. Amen, somebody? Huh? Moses stood in front of a burning bush and out of that bush God spoke to him and the bush never burned. Amen? It just sat there burning in front of him. And he heard the voice of God speak to him, and he said, Take your shoes off, for the ground that you're standing on is holy ground. Amen? Now, I ain't never had a bush talk to me. I've talked to some bushes when I'm cutting them, and you know, usually ain't good things I'm saying to them. But I've never had one say anything back to me. But Moses did. Right? Moses watched God do some amazing things when he, when he watched him do some things to Pharaoh and the, children, uh, the people of Egypt when they wouldn't let God's children go. He watched those things happen. God used him to do a lot of those things. Moses watched the Red Sea part right before his eyes and watched millions of people cross over on this dry, dry, dry ground. Then he watched God destroy his enemy right in front of his eyes in the same river. Amen? Yeah. Some people said it was only six inches of water. That's a great miracle in itself. However you want to look at it, no matter to me. You just make God better. But he's seen that, right? Moses had saw some things. He'd been up on top of Mount Sinai there talking to God. Right? Heard God speak. Right? Watched him. Right? The Ten Commandments given to him right there. Man, he'd been around some great things. Seen some stuff. Is that right? Seen it. And then he looks at God one day and says, Show me your glory. Amen? Show me your glory. Now there's a part of me that's probably thinking, now just the physical side of me is thinking, God's probably thinking, the audacity. Right? I've been showing you. What do you mean show me your glory? But I believe really what God thought was, Amen. Amen. This is what I'm after. Amen. Hungering and thirsty. Moses saw some stuff. Let me tell you guys something. Some of y'all in here have seen some pretty amazing things, haven't you? You ever seen anybody healed? That's pretty powerful, isn't it? You've probably seen God do some pretty powerful things. People slain in the Spirit. You may have been slain in the Spirit yourself. Right? You've probably seen God do some great things. But you ain't seen anything yet. Amen? There's more to God than what you and I have seen. Amen? We can say the same thing back to God. Show me your glory. Amen? Show me your glory, God. Show me your glory. You know what the glory of God is? Jesus. That's the glory of God. So when the church today, the latter church says, show me your glory. Amen? Show me your glory. What we're really saying is, God, I need more of Him. I need more of Jesus. And this is why we're going to see greater things. Because Jesus. Amen? Because He has died. He has been resurrected. He died for our sins. Amen? And He said it's finished. And because He did... The greater things that He promised we're going to see because He now is in us. And what did He say? He's great, right? It's great. Great things have we seen. Great things have we seen. But we're going to see greater because He's great. God is great. Jesus is great. That's why. Show me your glory. Amen? Man, I want to see God move in a way we've never seen before. What about our prayer this weekend? What a, let your prayer be a rather through this week all the way up to this weekend. God, show me your glory. Amen? Show me your glory. And then come in expecting to see that glory. Amen? Expecting to see it. And I promise you, we won't leave here disappointed. Amen? We will not leave disappointed. That's what I want to see. Right? I'm not concerned about what used to be. You've heard me say that before. I'm not a a preacher that looks in the past a lot. And I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I know what everybody means by that. You've heard me say this many times, and none of y'all, y'all hadn't stoned me yet. But I'm excited about what I saw in the past. But all that does is remind me that there's more. If all we're doing as a church is looking back saying, God, show me what used to be. That ain't what Moses said. Moses said, show me your glory. Amen. In other words, I want to see more. And you know that's what he meant because God said, Moses, I can't show you my face. Right? Because no man has seen my face and lived. Moses said, I want to see more of you. Now here's the thing that should make you run. We have seen the face of God. And it's through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. And you see it in His children. You see it in, in, in brothers and sisters in Christ. Is that right? Because He tells us if you've seen Him, you've seen the Father. And we're Christians and if you see us, you're supposed to see who? Amen. Is that right? The face of God is the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Show me your glory. Amen, I, man, I tell you what, I really want to see Jesus Amen. do marvelous things in your life and in my life. And I know this church has a, has a greater call. We say it all the time, that next level thing, where's Sister Hoffman? There she is. I even got her praying about that thing. I said, we talk about the next level. It's been stuck in our hearts since, since a youth camp back in 2000 and whatever it was. I don't even know when it was. A long time ago, one of our first youth camps when we began this church. And God laid that on our hearts, the next level, the next level, the next And we ain't been able to get past it. And me and we keep looking for it. Pastor Keith and I and, and some of our leaders talk about it from time to time. What is the next level? How do we get to the next level? And I'm telling you all, the answer keeps coming back to me. Praise me. Praise me. Praise me. Praise me. Right? Seek more of me. Start looking for more of me. That's the answer, right? Because he said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Amen. Amen. And if he's drawing men to him, that means his presence is there. And if his presence is there, we're going to see the next level. Amen? We'll see the next level. I don't want to be a church that's just looking for the greater outpouring. I want to be a church that's part of the outpouring. Amen? You with me? Somebody sent a meme out this past week, and I sent it to about 15 people. And this is what it was. It said some people are worried about this becoming their church. And it had about 150, 200 people sitting there with their hands in the air, worshiping and praising God. And then it said, but yet they're content with this being their church. And it showed people sitting there like a bumping along. One guy was headed on neck broke, sleep. <laughs> That's folks holding on to tradition rather than trying to reach out to Jesus. Amen. You got to get a hold of Jesus. Is that right? He rebuked the Pharisees for that. It ain't about tradition, it's about Jesus. Amen. You gotta hold on to Jesus. Stay with his word, pray, seek him, amen. But desire him. Right? Desire him. Goodness, let's pray. I'll be here all night.